trigger warning, this episode contains discussions of substance abuse, domestic violence, abuse of a corpse, and detailed descriptions of an autopsy. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome or welcome back to this episode of Crime Cafe Podcast. I'm Amber. I'm Coral. And this week, we are going to be talking about the Lady of the Lake. Yes, Hallie Illingworth. This took place in Olympic National Park, Washington. And everybody knows you can't trust a national park. Or Washington. Or Washington. (laughs) Wow. That is so true. (laughs) I have no plans to ever visit Washington, Utah, Well, only California, because I want to go to L.A., but they have serial killers, too. (laughs) Um, So this case is really, really crazy, and we're just going to get right into it, and we're going to have, you know how we usually talk at the beginning of stuff? We're going to have segments at the end of every single episode from here on out called Bullshit and Banter. So if you want to be there for the Bullshit and Banter, just wait till the end. We're just going to start into the episode um, but Amber has something to read from our, well, we mentioned a missing persons case, um, several episodes ago. I'm not sure the episode, but a friend of Amber's mom, her daughter went missing under very suspicious circumstances. And this is something from the family of that young lady. If you guys aren't familiar with this missing persons case, we mentioned this several episodes ago. Like I said, I don't remember the exact episode, but if I can find it, I'll link it in the show notes. This is um, the missing uh, person, Katrina Good, otherwise known as Katrina Allen from Bradley County, Tennessee. Um, She was last seen leaving a residence on Van Davis Road in July of 2019. According to family, she left willingly with a boyfriend named Jeremy Weathers and a relative of his named Travis Weathers in a red pickup truck. She did not take any of her personal belongings, including her cell phone, and she said that she would be back. She also had a small brown red Chihuahua mixed dog with her. So that was in July. And then in September, um, her dad received a call from her and He said that she said that everything was okay, she was okay, and that she would be back, but she hasn't been seen since. Um, She was reported missing in June of 2020 by family, and um, law enforcement um, posted about it, uh, her missing person's case, and um, there's still no traction and no new developments. We have something that Katrina's aunt sent to Amber's mom, and it's very impactful. The aunt speaks about her son, conversations with her son, which is Katrina's cousin. So here it is. So her son said, Mom, she is not okay, and I know this because from the day I went to jail, she always wrote me several times a week. And I've not heard from her since she left. So something is wrong with her. Um, And then the family also honestly thinks that law enforcement has not um, really made an effort to look for Katrina because she had been in some trouble in the past. And that does make 
a big difference I feel in how cases are it really does looked at um we're not going to mention the trouble she was in because it's neither here nor there it's not important she's somebody's daughter she's somebody she's a mother yeah she is a cousin she a sister yeah she's a beautiful girl she deserves to be found she deserves to have an unbiased um group of people looking for and rooting for her Hopefully she's still alive and can be found and can be helped. Um, and the family is still constantly fighting. Um, we uh, don't want to say all of the details because we don't want to hinder the investigation. But we just ask that you guys keep an eye out. And if you're in this area, the Cleveland, Tennessee area, Bradley County, um, if you know anything, please, Yes. if you've seen Katrina, we will post a picture of her on Instagram. If you've seen her, if you know anything about Travis Weathers, Jeremy Weathers, if you heard somebody talk about a red pickup truck, if you've heard anything like if that, if somebody randomly had a little red, brown yes. chihuahua mixed dog, yes. cause they haven't Did you see a girl with a little red, brown chihuahua at a gas station? Did you see anything? Call 423 423- Seven two eight seven three three six. So now we're just going to go ahead and get right into the case. So, like we said earlier, this did happen in Crescent Lake Olympic National Park in Washington. Um, so they have really crystal clear waters that reflect the fur-clad slopes of the snowy peaks towering into the sky. And the lake is around 600 feet deep. And on the 6th of July, 1940, the waters of Crescent Lake were still and quiet when Lois Roloff? Rolf. Rolf. Is it Lois? Um, Or Lewis? Lewis, I guess. Okay. When when Lewis Rolf and his brother were fishing. (laughs) Rolf. (laughs) Why is that weird to say? (laughs) Lewis Rolf. (laughs) <laughs> they were fishing, being men, having a good time. Literally. In 1940. Ooh, we love antique. Yeah, that's a long time ago. I wonder if they were fishing with bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not funny. <laughs> um, they actually spotted an object floating close to the shoreline, not far from the walls, that led towards Sledgehammer Point. As they approached the object, they were horrified to find that it was the body of a woman. She was wearing a green dress and was wrapped in two gray striped blankets. My worst nightmare. Literally. Imagine fishing and you're like, oh, what's that? And then it's just a body. If you say, what's that? I'm leaving. Walk the other way. Literally. I mean, she deserved to be found, but for real. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Sorry, Wolf. Um, so they rushed to the dock of Washington State Trout Hatchery to relay that, you know, they they had found a body. And they were, yeah. like, pretty sure it was a freaking woman. And they found the superintendent, um, A.D. Emmenroth, who was initially skeptical. Bro. <laughs> what? They. Uh, okay, anyway. Um, he literally thought it was a deer. He was like, it's probably a deer. And they're like, no, it actually looks like a woman, like a full grown woman. And he's like, "Mm, it's probably a deer. 
Um, he said, uh, nevertheless, like, it, he, he followed Rolf and his brother back to the scene where he was horrified like they were. Well, I was just thinking about this, but I probably would be like, it was not a body. <laughs> you did not find a body. I know. I'd probably go into shock and pass away. Yeah. Um, because uh, uh, that was, no. I mean. I'd be in shock. What finding... if I came up and told you I found a body? Legit. What would you say? I think you would just automatically burst into tears. Yeah. I'd probably hyperventilate, actually. I probably really would. I'm not even playing. And you would probably actually vomit. Yeah. Just thinking about oh, it. Oh, I would. Yeah. I know. Don't talk about what you're going to say. I know. Don't. If you know, you know. Yeah. Squirrel. Yeah, you've heard that. Some mm-hmm. people have heard that. Cautionary don't. Tales episode. Look into it. Um, or don't. <laughs> or don't. Oh. So, he was horrified to learn that his skepticism was unfounded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Emin Ronth contacted um, Clallam County Prosecutor slash Coroner, <laughs> what the heck, uh, Ralph Smith and Sheriff Charlie Kemp, who rushed to the scene to assist in retrieving the body of a woman from the lake. A woman from the lake. Love that. <laughs> Why am I so <laughs> annoying? God, it's not happy. I'm like, ah. So dumb. The body, which was why is marble, was Dude. rushed. Same. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, we're very bad. <laughs> was rushed to the now. What? What's that word? Defunct. Defunct. Christman mortuary. I don't know what's defunct about it. Like defunct. What is that? Like a defunct is like when you prove that it's not real. <laughs> You know, like defunct. That's you know how- debunked. <laughs> what? What's defunct? I don't know. Debunked Stop. is what you're talking about. Defunct. Okay. It makes me think. <gasps> that they- oh, it's no longer existing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, Amber. They took her to a fake mortuary. <laughs> like what? Move on. <laughs> it's not there anymore. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> So they estimated that she was in her 30s and she was so well preserved that her fat had turned into a soap-like substance. Let me interrupt. Amber is cringing at this. Okay, she's going to hate this. But I listened to the Morbid episode about this and one of the hosts is an autopsy technician. She talked about something called saponification. And that is when um, something in the body happens... It, and something happens called adipocere. And when your body... So, the lake that she was in um, was lacking nitrogen, which um, slows the po- process of decomp. It was very... It was, like, incredibly salty. So, she was very preserved. Um, and saponification, because of all these factors, the pH of the water the contents of the water, like the gases and stuff. And she was, saponification, she was like encapsulated, mummified. It's so, it's very interesting. And saponification is actually a part of the soap making process. 
and they call it, um, uh, they call it something like corpse wax. Uh, Amber's looking at me like, shut the up. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into it later, but it, it, it's incredible to think about this fully preserved body. They brought her out and they were like, she's only been in here for like 30 seconds. She looked normal. <laughs> and they said that there was no real smell or decay. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane because bodies start to smell really quickly. Yes. And in water, they bloat really bad, usually. Oh, uh, yeah. But this is like special water in Washington. It was very clean, very salty, clear. And, okay, honestly, in layman's terms, salt, it, like, it brines. Okay? It preserves yeah. you. It's I like a pickle. the person knew that this lake would, like, do that or if they thought it would... He, they didn't. I mean, it was the 1940s, so they probably he didn't know anything. I mean, because now it's so easy to find out like things like that. Oh yeah, but... it was it was crazy to them because they're like, mm, this must have just happened. Um, so that makes that makes it hard to figure out anything. I know. It's so at first, based on the autopsy, they're like, well, she doesn't smell. And she looks normal. Well, you know. And I'm sure, like, marble, but in 1940, they probably depended a lot up on like how decayed you were yeah. to figure out anything. Yeah, they had a formula back then that's a way more advanced now. But mm -hmm. to to like figure out how long they had been gone. Yeah. So, um, this autopsy that she had concluded that she had been beaten and strangled to death. And then following her death, she was hogtied with ropes, weighted down with rocks, and thrown into the ice cold lake. Thankfully, however, the rope actually rotted away and the saponification made the body unusually light. Thus, it floated up to the surface ready to be found. And the pathologist estimated that she had been submerged in the lake for almost three years. Mm -hmm. And she looked like she had just died. Mm -hmm. That's amazing yes. that this water does that. I highly recommend that case. It, I mean, the uh, not the case. I highly recommend that episode because she really goes into it. She talks about how the certain conditions. The morbid episode. Yeah. Certain conditions inhibit that she was in inhibit growth of bacteria. What? Like. What are. I'm so sorry. What are the host names on morbid? Um, They're like best friends. Uh, Elena. No. Ash and Elena. Yeah. They're I have listened to Technically that. aunt and niece, but they're sisters because Elena's mom, parent, raised her sister's daughter oh okay so they're sisters yeah it's cool i have listened to them before they're so funny but i haven't listened to that episode um so the body um actually was the first ever to be found floating in lake crescent oh. and because of the water conditions she's probably the only body that was there unless somebody like put you know concrete tied to somebody yeah which they could but you'd have to chain them because the rope Rots. would rot yeah 
So, yeah. How long does it take a rope to rot in that, I wonder? Uh, she talks about that, too. Like, it's oh, okay. crazy how much she knows. Does it take it a long time? Because I thought it would, but... I mean, I found rope, like, laying around the yard that looks like it's from... I know. Like, my papa. I know. This rope must have been made out of freaking toilet paper. Yeah. So... The, the victim soon became sensationally known as the Lady of the Lake. Um, and now police um, had the daunting task of identifying her. Um, as they conducted their investigation, the unidentified woman was buried in a pauper's grave in Port Angeles, um, which is just like an anonymous grave. I mean, they know who it is, but you know. Yeah. The initial theory was that the woman was Marion Frances Steffens of Chicago, who had disappeared in the Olympic National Park wilderness in September of 1939. The clothing on the victim matched the description of that worn by Steffens when she vanished. A dress? Yeah, a green dress. What are these women doing? Oh. Well, I guess she probably had to wear a dress. Yeah. Okay. And she was, we'll talk later about who this is, because, you know, we said already who it is. It's Hallie Illingworth. But um, she was a waitress, and she disappeared around a very appropriate time for a green dress. So, the identification was quickly ruled out, however, as Stephens had suffered a fractured neck vertebrae, yet the Lady of the Lake had no evidence of such injury. Like a previous neck fracture. Have they ever found Marion? I don't know. I need to look that up. You make me look bad, Amber. <laughs> How dare you? So it would take more. It would take 14 months before they were able to identify her. It was through her dentistry records. Dental records. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give it up for the dentist. Wow. I know. How can they do that? Like, our teeth are that different, and they're like, yeah, that's them. She had, a like, a bridge. You know what a bridge is? Yeah. She had six gold teeth. Okay, bougie. But how do they, um, like, what do they do with these pictures? Do they send them out to all these dentists? Is that how they? Yeah, they do. I was one, I always wondered that. Oh, okay, so it does say here that they actually sent her pictures of the unique bridge that she had um, was circulated around to more than 5,000 dentists. Love that. That's crazy. In 1940? Hats off, man. Yeah. Because we just literally talked about the beginning of this episode. They're like, yep, she's missing. Oh. Bro, they identified this girl, like, literally 80 years ago. Do they have, um, a, um... A thing now, like where dentists automatically upload dental things. A hundred percent, yeah. Okay. So, a dentist in Falkton, mm-hmm. South, South Dakota. Dakota, recognized it immediately and identified the unknown woman, thirty-eight-year-old waitress at Lake Crescent Tavern, Hallie Brooks Illingworth. Brooks. Mm. What if we were related? She has a bunch of half siblings. Well, she wouldn't be my sibling. Well, okay, I don't know why. But like, <laughs> what if they were an aunt of yours? I need to look. Into I'm gonna it. ask your nanny. 
No. She would know. She'll want to listen to the episode. We say bad words. No. Yeah. Don't we're, worry. We're going to ask her. <laughs> Uh, her body was exhumed and, I, and an identification was made. Hallie was born January 7th of 1901 in Greenville, Kentucky to parents Finnis Latham and Julia Latham. Hallie had eight half-siblings, Alice, Florence, Finnis, Aura, Paul, Cammie, Lois. I think it's Lois. Lois. And Bertice, I think. Bertice. Oh, Bertice. And when Hallie was 18 years old, on September 26, 1919, she married Floyd James Spracker. Floyd worked as a car salesman and provided for Hallie. A year later, they had a little girl named Doris. That's so cute. Doris, hi. <laughs> hi, Doris. It's so cute when, like, little babies are named old people names. I, I say that in the most loving way possible. <laughs> Doris. Hallie and her little family lived in South Dakota until 1931. 12-year-old... Um, <laughs> 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 after they got married. When Floyd died at just 38 years old from a car accident. He was an automobile salesman. He died in an accident. That's, That's so sad. Yeah. That's so awful. That's so freaking... They were married for 12 years. They were married for 12 freaking years. That's what ended... He was only 38. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And Doris was literally like 11. And she lost her daddy. When my papa's first wife died, she died from a car accident. Right. Um, their kids were only like... Three and four, I think. They were like a Stop. little. I know. Horse so beard. I know. Really is. So, um, from all accounts, they really loved each other. And this was devastating news to Hallie and our daughter Doris. And then Hallie would actually remarry just a year later to Donald Strickland. They were only married for a couple of years, and the marriage was not a healthy one at all. Yeah, and Hallie came out of her second failed, I mean, I mean, it's not her second failed marriage, it's her second marriage, and it just happened to be failed. Her first one wasn't failed, no. you know. Um, but she felt defeated, obviously, you know, I mean, you can't help but feel defeated. And um, she moved to Washington to kind of start over, and she brought little Doris with her. And this is where she found work at Crescent Lake Tavern, um, and then eventually a tourist lodge on Lake Crescent. How this sounds iconic. How yeah, how far is Washington from South Dakota, do you know? Let's look. Um could you just imagine like being hot as heck and working at a lodge? I don't know. Okay, bye. Okay, so South Dakota is Washington. It's a long way, I think. That's good thought. Oh, yeah. A good 1,200 miles. Yeah. I would love to be able to do that, to just up and, like, leave everything behind. I love how they just casually did that back then. I know. How? How does anybody do that? I know. They're like, "Mm, I just have a crumb of dirt and, like, two cents in my pocket. I might as well just leave and just... 
have money all at once. I have a friend on Facebook. I don't really like, I know of her. I don't know her in real life, but um, they're moving. Her and her husband, and I think they have a child, are moving like across, I don't know where to or anything. But um, she was talking about it being hard, like yeah. to find something from here because. She works remotely, so she said it was fine. But her husband, like, he's having to do job interviews. Oh yeah. But they over they, Skype or whatever. No, they've they've planned a trip. Oh my god. And he's got two interviews on one of the days that they're there, and maybe we'll get more while they're there. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I bet a lot of interviewers would like to meet you in person more than over Skype. So I bet it's hard oh, yeah. to. But I did a phone interview for mm-hmm. the nursing home, and I lived yeah. like twenty minutes from there. I did a phone interview to be a caregiver. <laughs> I well, like that. CNAs are needed so much in every facility that. Oh yeah, everybody's needed right now. The freaking like, oh, but oh CNAs is literally always always hiring. We were always yeah. short staffed, always, and you can usually always get free education, free certification to become a CNA. Yes. Um, so she was just being iconic, bad bougie. She just left her sex. She's like, I'm done with this man. I'm done with South Dakota. My freaking first husband died by. So she gets a job. She's hot as heck. There she met a beer truck driver named Montgomery Illingsworth. And he went by Monty. Um, there was a whirlwind courtship between them. And this led to her third marriage. In 1936, they got married pretty quick. Wait, does whirlwind mean quick? Is that what you're meaning by that? Whirlwind is like, they were so swept up immediately and like real quick, swift and... Oh, okay. um, They were known for their tumultuous relationship by neighbors who spoke of police often being called to intervene in the stormy relationship. Wow. Yeah. I used to have some neighbors like that. First of all, he's an alcoholic and he's a beer truck driver. What is it with these? Her first husband was a car salesman, died in a car accident. I don't know. And now this guy's a drunk and he drives a beer truck. <laughs> this sounds like the beginning of a joke. <coughs> there were talks of alcoholism and obvious, you know, like domestic abuse. And they had a very volatile uh, marriage. And five months into their marriage, the couple got into a fight like before the sun even came up that was so fierce well he's probably been drunk all night yeah he probably hadn't been to bed right she probably hadn't either she's probably fighting him yeah and like defending herself um and the police were called to break it up how is doris literally i don't know that's the crazy part but we'll talk about doris later okay amazing um, Hallie showed up for work at poor Angelie's restaurant with bruises on her mm. face and arms, and sometimes she even had black eyes. <sighs> she has literally had the short end of the stick this yeah. whole time. That's awful. So with the holidays approaching in 1937, Hallie disappeared. After the night and morning of December 21st, 22nd, no one saw Hallie again. Christmas dress. Green. Oh, that's why she... Yeah. That's so I sad. I hate that. I thought it was going to be St. Patrick's Day. I know. Like cash. That's yeah. That's what I was thinking. You're like, oh, I knew you felt a twinge <laughs> in your heart. Yeah. 
So, Monty told friends that his wife had run off with another man. But as months went by, even Hallie's close-knit family had no word from her. Monty moved to California with a woman he had met in Port Angeles, a woman whom reportedly he was seeing romantically before Hallie's disappearance. Imagine that. What a tool. Somebody cheating. Yeah. Always. And why do they always say they ran off with another man? When literally you were cheating. Literally. If, it was, if someone ever said I ran off with another man, I'm going to tell you, that's the last thing I'm thinking I about. I know. trying to find another Actually, man. Actually, I know. I don't have enough time for the one I have. I know. If How? our men are gone, we'll never remarry or anything. No. How do people have two? I don't know how people do that. I don't either. It's disgusting. Don't. I can't handle mine. cheater. Literally. So, on July 6th of 1940, almost three years. So, that person was right. Yeah. That's awesome that they were that close. I love that. Um, the two fishermen spotted the body of the woman, the Lady of the Lake, floating on the surface of Lake Crescent. I wonder who did it. <laughs> Could never guess. <laughs> Monty, bitch. Okay. So, the body was taken into Port... The body was taken. (laughs) Love that. Into Port Angeles, where a young medical student, Harlan McNutt... What? (laughs) With peace and love. What? McNutt? Have I told you about Archibald? Uh Uh-uh. This is a a funny story in any of my family that's listening is dying already because I said Archibald. And they know the story. But my grandmother went to school with a boy, or a man, and his name was Archibald Wiener. Bye. <laughs> Why? And, um, they, they had, like, locked each other at one time, and she, she said, what if we were the Wiener family? Stop. And, um. That sounds illegal. We lost. <laughs> she would yeah. tell us that story. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> Harlan McNutt and Archibald Wiener. <laughs> no, um, medical student Harlan McNutt. Mr. McNutt <laughs> examined the body. He noted that the upper part of her face, her upper lip, and nose were gone. So, other than that, she was perfect. Um... What part of her face? Upper part of her face. Mm. Gone? Yeah. Yeah. Like cut off or mm. burn? Mm. Ooh. Eight? Mm. I don't know. I'm upset. Oh, this is so awful. I know. And the tips of, of her finger, fingers were gone. And... They couldn't tell what she looked like. But we have a picture of her. And she's beautiful. So, and then there was the unusual state of... Why were her fingertips off? I I don't know. They never explained that. Um, Then there was the unusual state of the corpse. The... the, uh, Why do they say that? Uh, I don't know. um, It says the dead woman's flesh. Okay, her name is Holly. I know. I don't know why they... After 
we know who they are. Why are they still talking about her? Like, she, yeah, call like her we corpse. don't know her. I know. Okay, Hallie's flesh had turned into something like ivory soap. And like we said, it's a condition known as saponification. And it's a soap-like condition resulting from minerals in the lake interacting with the fats in a person's body. And the lakes near freezing temperatures had virtually refrigerated and like pretty much pickled her um, for years. A visual inspection of the body and a subsequent autopsy showed that the woman met a violent death. Her neck was bruised and discolored and her chest showed evidence of extensive hemorrhage. And she had been beaten and strangled. And the dental plate is what actually um, was the clue that led to her killer. Yeah. That's an awesome. Mm-hmm. And authorities evidently identified the woman as Hallie Illingworth thanks to an alert South Dakota dentist who identified the dental plate as one that he had made years before. Right. Like she lived in South Dakota a lot of her life. Yeah. I wonder that is so like I guess it was so distinctive that he would remember it no matter how long it had been. There I guess there's certain features about because they're always very sure about dental records. Yeah. Um, this is a picture of Hallie. She looks kind of like my nanny. She, oh my gosh, she really does. Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is strange. <laughs> She's so beautiful. She is very beautiful eyebrows. Yes. How could we go from this to sperm eyebrows for a minute? I don't know. In the 90s. I know. <laughs> Why would we do that? Um, Monty told investigators that he had obtained um, a divorce decree and that he had last seen Hallie, um, like when he had last seen her was Christmas time of 1937. Yeah, he asked for a divorce and he um, said that the reason he wanted divorce is because they were incompatible. Mm. Um... (laughs) According to records, Monty and Hallie had been... Wait, hold on. Sorry. You're gonna... Okay, everybody knows by now. Okay, he killed her. Yeah. Shocker. So, you have the nerve to kill her and then file for divorce. I always find that so weird. Disgust. Why? I have no clue. It makes you look so guilty. According to records, Monty and Hallie had been married in Seattle in June 1936 and that she was a divorcee whose main name was Latham, like we said. Um, so, yeah, it, it just goes on to say that, like, he abused alcohol, he abused her, she would fight back a lot, and it was just so bad. They were only married for, like, a year. That's crazy. So, investigators actually closed in on Monty living in Long Beach, California, on October 26th of 1941. Two days after my birthday. Yes. Or 1994. Yeah. Um, He was arrested and taken into custody by Los Angeles Sheriff's deputies. Love that. Yes. And not long after, he was charged with murder. So they actually quickly got him. Oh, yeah. That doesn't happen that 
often I feel like. I feel like I'm not shocked though because that was like the first body and they're like they seem pretty um sophisticated investigators because they sent out 5,000 copies yeah that all was this crazy. kind of stuff and they're like you literally did it like yeah who else yeah it's too you used to beat the shit out of her and she didn't know anybody else right. really I wish I knew where Doris was in all this we know what happens to her in the end but I don't know what where she is right now yeah, because surely Monty didn't take her. No, he didn't. Because you can't say, well, she left with another man and just left. Well, I guess that's probably actually what he did. He probably said, your daughter ran away with another man. Here's her kid. Yeah. It's probably, she's probably with her grandparents oh or something. There was one case I listened to where this guy killed his wife and he was calling adoption agencies to try to adopt out his own biological children that were growing like that were like six seven eight years old what yeah he was calling places being like can i just give these things up no yeah i know i mean they're like bro you have i mean yeah you can (coughs) like it's kind of frowned upon people do that apparently they caught him though <laughs> oh okay so this man monte went to a murder trial he was charged with first degree murder as he should be and he claimed that he had last seen her on the 22nd of december 1937 he insisted hallie had gone to work as usual that morning but later on when she came home she said they got uh he, he they got into another argument According to Monty, he left the apartment and went downtown. When he came home, he claimed that Hallie was gone and that he never saw her again. Okay. He told the court that he was certain she had just left him. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no big deal. The topic of abuse came up often in the trial, and Monty confessed that it was the norm for the couple to get into physical altercations. Quote, I struck Hallie. She also struck me. I never beat her up. I didn't kill Hallie, end quote. Bro, we just asked if you hit her. <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't hit her. She hit me. I didn't kill her. <laughs> um, at one point in the trial, a prosecutor asked Monty why he hated Hallie. <laughs> oh, God. What a baller. Why do you no. hate her? <laughs> um, Monty denied that he hated her, to which the prosecution replied, then why did you beat her? But really. And the prosecution put forward the theory that Monty had strangled his wife at some point between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. before placing her body in the trunk of his sedan, driving to Crescent Lake, and disposing of her like a piece of trash. And, um, of course, he would strangle her between 3 and 6 a.m. Because when she came home that night, he's always drunk. He beats the shit out of her during the night like we've already seen. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to end it. Like, he's evil. He probably didn't mean to kill her either. He probably just was like fighting well, her like normal and then we talk about later that it's like it's speculated whether or not it was like premeditated. So <clears throat> So Monty was brought back to Port Angeles and put on trial for Hallie's murder 
in Clomelin, Clallum, Clallum, in Clallum County Superior Court. The trial began on February 24, 1942, and it was so sensational that it completed, oh, that it competed with the news from the fronts of World War II. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder why it was so... I uh, think it was because of the way her body was. Could have been. Because it's true. like, look at this. We found this lady from three years ago. And everyone's that is, like, what? Yeah. And they actually find, found the guy. This is probably like one of the most rarest things I've ever seen. That's true. Trial developments were splashed daily across the front pages of local newspapers. Spectators arrived early. Homemakers, teenagers, and curiosity seekers converged on the courtroom. And at times during the nine-day trial spilled out into the hallway. They want to see this hope put away. Yeah, that's... I want to go to a trial. Yeah. Man. That's awesome that they had that much like support yeah mm-hmm. wonder why it took nine days though that seems like a long time for something that casey anthony's trial was like months uh yeah no. i mean they had a lot of evidence though but this just seems like something that's really like cut and dry yeah really i know oh yeah i remember great nana and papa watching <laughs> <laughs> literally Monty's defense was what <laughs> was what <laughs> was that the dead woman wasn't Hallie. Mm. It's not her. You identified her, but it's not her. And he swore that she was still alive when he last saw her. I love how they're like, so what's your defense? And he's like, easy. It's not her. And then she was yeah, she was, solved it. I mean, she was last live when I saw her. Oh, yeah. We'll take your word for it, Monty. (laughs) But the old dentist from South Dakota was a very credible witness, and he insisted that the dental plate found on the murdered woman belonged to Hallie. And moreover, Hallie's friends identified clothes worn by the dead woman as belonging to Hallie. And also, this is in my nose. This is like out of my brain. Um, Her sisters identified her body. Two of her sisters did. So, um, I mean, it's her. Yeah. He's like, it's not. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it is. The key evidence against Monty was the rope, actually, used to tie up Hallie before she was dropped into Lake Crescent. Monty had borrowed 50 feet of rope from a storekeeper at the lake, and the store still had remnants from the same rope, because you can buy it, like, per feet. You can even do that today at Home Depot. The fibers matched. It took the jurors. That's amazing. They were doing fiber matching back then. But had he bought that? Or he, did. he borrowed? He borrowed it, it says. but So this wasn't even a place that sold rope? I know. He just asked a random. A storekeeper. I don't get it. Um, the fibers matched. And it took the jury uh, four hours to reach a verdict. And on March 5th, 1942... The jury found Monte guilty of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to life imprisonment at the Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla, Washington. Monty served nine 
years uh, in prison for hog tying, strangling, beating, and throwing his wife into the lake was paroled after nine years. But nobody's surprised by that. I am. Why? They let people out early like that all the time. But he was sentenced to life. Uh, I know. They don't care. I hate. I don't I- I don't know why we even have that. Washington's Because people, they just let them loose. Love that. I don't get Mm. it. He died, thankfully, on November 5th, 1974 in Los Alamitos, California. So he went back to California. Great. He probably killed someone else. Cool. I wonder if he went back to the woman he was with. I don't know. Hopefully she ran for the hills. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do if you were with somebody and then you found out they had killed they're like Chris Watts' girlfriend. Uh, no, oh, because she. You think she did had something to do with it? No, I just think she knew that he was. The, I think she knew that he did it. <gasps> yeah, I don't. I don't think she like helped she or didn't. No, I think she knew. I think she knew. <gasps> Stop. Gag. Okay. Yeah. Contemporary report. A contemporary report of Hallie's later observed that her murder was most likely not premeditated. That Hallie and Monty had probably had a fight in their apartment that December night in 1973, and the fight took a violent in 1937, <laughs> and that fight took a violent turn, and Monty brutally beat and strangled Hallie to death. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you said. Yeah. Um, Hollis Foltz, a criminologist criminologist with the Washington State Attorney General's office who helped investigate the murder, maintained that Monty tried to conceal the crime by placing his wife's lifeless body in the trunk of his car and driving to Lake Crescent. Monty then stopped in the vicinity of the present-day log cabin resort where he wrapped her in blankets and then tied her with the rope. Mm. And then Monty put Hallie's body in the rowboat, attached weights to the bundle, and rowed into deep water. He then dropped the bundle into the dark mm. water. Mm. Rumors circulated during the murder investigation that Monty didn't act alone, but no one other than Monty was charged with the crime. Yep. I just imagine a really creepy, like, grayish lake. I know. With, like, like fog. fog yeah and it's like 6 a.m and like birds are chirping and you just hear the sun a silent splash yeah. of, oh god monty you freaking nightmare so who was the rumor about i literally have no clue but i'm sure that there there's a probably big chance that he was working someone else but i will say <laughs> Let's give Monty some credit. I mean, he had to be strong to constantly beat somebody. So he probably did do it by himself. Yeah, I don't... It was all his property that he used to tie her up and stuff. And roll her in the blanket and everything. Except the rope. Well, yeah, he borrowed it, but... They knew he had it. Did he bar- But he borrowed it. From a store. Before she was killed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so he he just happened. I thought you meant like 
that morning when he was like oh, no. out there, he got some rope. The storekeeper was like, hey, he had just borrowed this, like, recently. Oh, okay. So, this is, like, some good news in, the, in this whole story. Hallie and Floyd's daughter, um, Doris, went on to marry a man named Marshall Hammond in 1953. He was a Navy, uh, he was in the Navy in World War II. They were married for 48 years until Marshall's death in 2001, and Doris passed away at the age of 91 in 2011. Although we don't know their names, they did have children. She never remarried, and Marshall and Doris are buried side by side in Riverside National Cemetery in California. On their headstone, it reads, Beloved Mom and Dad. And that is the story of Hallie Illingworth. So Doris ended up in California also? Yeah. Interesting. I'm glad she lived a long life. Yeah. And was happy. Yeah, she, you know, found somebody and, yeah. I think she was. I like to think she was. I'm sure she was traumatized. Losing her dad. Who knows where she was during the marriages. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm watching her mom be beat. I couldn't find anything about how she felt about her mom's death. You know. Oh, here's a picture of Lake Crescent. It looks creepy. Yeah, it does. So. Um, and that's the tavern she worked at. Right here. Really that's pretty. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What a case. Wow. So sad. That's been on my list for a while to cover. Yeah, that was a... Um, so, uh, yeah, just go ahead on Instagram and let us know what you guys think. But now we're going into the bullshit and banter. Hey. <laughs> segment. Um, I have a couple things to talk about. First of all, um... If you guys haven't heard, it's all the rage to cancel Nikki Philippi. Amber yes. and I are very aware of this situation. And my comment, Amber, you can definitely obviously say your comment. My comment on the whole thing is I hate her. And if you don't know what happened. I hate her and Dan, her oh, husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made the most disgusting comment, actually. Yeah. And it was his dog. Bowler was his. I know. Basically, if you don't know, they had like a nine-year-old dog named Bowser, and they had a little baby. Hang on one second. If you don't know, do not go to her channel and watch no. any video or anything. Do, do not. not give her your social media don't media currency. No, no, no. Do not. Um, Other people have put her video on their channel. Go watch them. Right. And they've analyzed it and stuff. Yeah. They had a nine-year-old dog named Bowser. And Bowser nipped at their little baby. Didn't even leave a scar. Didn't even bring blood. Didn't do anything. And instead of giving it behavioral training. After the child was trying to get food from yeah. him. Instead of giving it behavioral training or adopting it out. They euthanized him the next day. And they made a video about it. It wasn't the next day. They actually oh, went on a trip. Day. No, they went on a trip. Oh. They were about to leave for a trip when it happened. And they just left. Her husband um, made the comment 
that he grew up with old yeller and he wanted to pick bowser up by the back of the neck and take him out into the backyard and euthanize him right then and there old yeller had rabies that's why they killed uh, yeah. him. This was a perfectly healthy dog that they net they they even said that they thought they would have to um they knew that this day was coming. They just didn't know when. If you knew it was coming, you should have prepared for it. You have money. They have a YouTube channel. You have money yeah. from AdSense. You can pay to have and she is or was I don't know if she still is but she was a um like a worship music leader at Hillsong Church. Mm-hmm. Um, was that New Zealand or Australia? Like it started. Um, I don't know anything about it. Um, she lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Um. But they're also going to be moving soon. And she talked about how yeah, almost like the timing was good because it was so hard to move with Bowser. Yeah, it started in Australia. It did. I don't know anything about. It's just a church. Yeah. It's Christian. <clears throat> but they always use their faith for like excuses and stuff. I roll. Yeah, they have they're very problematic people. This right. isn't the first um I they're very cancelable people. I love YouTube. I spend I hate silence. <laughs> um so I like to always have something playing and I like it to be like, you know, real people. Right. So I've watched a lot of YouTube and I used to subscribe to Nikki and um watch some of her stuff i don't remember specifically oh i watched actually when they were going to adopt oh yeah i i was watching then um but they didn't adopt because they wouldn't be able to put their child on youtube videos so you can't exploit them for money so you just Literally. don't want them yeah hmm. So they, but they made videos saying like they were going to be adopting from these countries. And then when they realized that like you couldn't, and then they talked about doing foster care, but you also have to blur foster kids faces and, um, or some things, you know, you can't even show them at all. Not even with a Exactly. For like a year or something like that. Depends. That is after, um, I don't know, you know, I'm sure it's after a bunch of places, but I think specifically, um, Viet, is it Vietnam? I, no, it's Thailand. That's where yeah. they were going to adopt from. Thailand, I think, or Taiwan or somewhere like that, wouldn't let you show them for a year. And that's why they said they wouldn't adopt from there. So ridiculous. A year. Yeah. You have children for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and you can't show them for a year so you no longer want them. Right. That shows a big problem with you. And then they tried to get a foster child through the like U.S. foster care system and they said that they ended up not fostering because they asked the social workers if they were allowed to beat them and they said no. And they were like, well, 
They, yeah. They, I remember the guy's video, there was a clip of it, and he was basically like, it's unchristian if you don't beat them. <laughs> I don't know how that, I don't think that works like that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so, hate her, hate him. Um, and that's where we are on that. I do have two recommendations. Do you have any recommendations for this week? Anything you're listening to? Mm. Still vibing with Counterclock? Or are you done? Oh, I'm done with that one. You're like, girl, that's old news. Yeah. I want, I listen to the whole thing in like two or three days. Five minutes? Yeah. Um, I binged watched the whole, um, well, there's going to be one more episode, but I'm completely caught up today on the TV show, Unexpected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you like that, I That's love that. That's my Amber's guilty so, pleasure. Yeah. Oh. I love that show. It totally feeds my drama need. I know. I love it. Um, I have, okay. My Favorite Murder, their most recent episode, they covered, Georgia covered the case of Lacey Peterson. I've heard this case covered before. Um, this is, uh, Crime Junkie covered it early in their, uh, career. Um, she was, uh, killed by, um, Scott Peterson. Mm-hmm. You remember he said he went fishing? Yeah. Um, okay. That retelling of the story was so devastating to me. Like, it was so freaky. And, like, it was so good. They, they she did such a good job. You guys should, like, listen to it. I'm sure you have, like, but still. I really enjoyed that, and I've also been enjoying the podcast called Small Town Murder. It's hosted by these two uh, guys. They're comedians. It's freaking hysterical. All their cases are from small towns that you've probably never heard of, Um, and they just make jokes about, like, the suspects and the town and stuff. (laughs) Not the victims, but, like, everything else. It's so good. Um, I, um, actually found a new YouTuber probably like last week and her name is Stephanie. So, mm. and she does, um, true crime. Yeah. Mike bang true crime. And I like her a lot. She's really good. That's awesome. Her. Yeah. And the stuff she eats, like she eats some really interesting food like stuff that i have never seen <laughs> right actually <laughs> i sent Corey a screenshot because she made goldfish dumplings but before i listened to any of it i was like uh are these goldfish <laughs> Ew, uh, i know that's so like why don't we eat goldfish it's like just seems wrong it just seems wrong to eat them that's, I yeah that's all i can say well i don't think there would be enough I know. And, well, I don't know. They get really big, actually, don't they? Can't goldfish get huge? Oh, if yeah. You put them in a pot. Oh, yeah. And you feed them good? Mm-hmm. What do you feed them? Um, I don't know. I know, like, a lot of people feed um, dog food. But oh, that'll yeah. make your fish taste like dog food, they say. I don't know. I don't <laughs> eat Papa fish. feeds his fish with dog food. Does he eat them? Yeah. Do they taste like dog food? No. 
Maybe that's a lie that I've heard. No, I'm sure if you use a certain kind or, you know, like, I mean, his fish just tastes like fish. He has brim gross. stuff. Yeah, Amber doesn't like fish. Fish is gross. <laughs> <sighs> I love fish. I just can't. You feed goldfish. Oh, algae. Algae. Love that. You feed them plants, aquarium plants, blood worms, brine shrimp. They're carnivores? Yeah. Or um, I guess omnivores. Flake food or fish pellet food. So you can feed them like, you know, fish tank food or you can feed them like and algae the or flake plants. food. Oh, Why do I want to eat that? Oh. I want to eat it. It stinks so bad. Oh, it looks so good, doesn't it? Oh, I love the smell I just, of it. I want to put so much in the I want to tank. swallow it. Ugh. It smells Have you ever delish. tried any of it? Yeah. Did it taste good? Yeah. Did it taste like it smells? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I say I want to eat it, I'm saying I have. <laughs> but I want to fully eat it with a spoon. Anyway. It probably wouldn't hurt you. Huh? I'm sure it wouldn't hurt you. No. What is it? Hmm. What is fish food? Fish food. Food made up. It, oh, would it hurt you? Oh, it's usually made up of fish meal, squid meal, shrimp meal, earthworms, spirulina, which is like a flower product, <clears throat> and vitamins and minerals. Hmm. So hmm. I'm so I'm eating ground up. And that's okay. I'm okay with it. Going around Facebook, but I just want to mention it, and we'll keep, and you know, keep watch on it. But the a thirteen-year-old girl, Tristan, Tristany, maybe was her name, or Tristan. I don't Tristany. I think it is. I think I know who you're talking about. Bailey. Yeah. And she was thirteen, and they think that the or the fourteen-year-old friend did kill yeah, her my aunt sent that to me yeah and that is so sad and awful i know they haven't released how like what, how, yeah, what happened anything. but um yeah i saw that yeah so just you know have her family in your prayers thoughts send them good vibes or whatever you put it in your soul yeah your feelings emotions yeah, put anything good out there towards them because that is devastating. I know. Um, that's all I have for bullshit and banter. Yeah, me too. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, Crime Cafe Pod. Email us at crimecafepod at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at Crime Cafe Pod. Everything's Crime Cafe Pod. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Um, Oh, also rate, review, and subscribe. I'm tired of asking. Yes. I'm literally <laughs> tired of it. I won't ask again. You're going to get whipped. Okay. Uh, we'll see you guys. Or I say this every time. <laughs> we'll see you. You will hear us in your freaking ear holes next week. <laughs> For oh. Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. Memorial Day. <laughs> we have a special episode for Memorial Day coming out. Yes. Love that. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.